the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Okay, well, welcome back to Signposts. Thank you for joining us today on this lovely Saturday afternoon. And in the first half hour, we've been talking about prayer. We've been talking about an initiative that is being spearheaded by the president of Salem Media, where he really wants to take, dedicate, a major chunk of time on the radio to pray for the nation, to pray for where we're at as a nation, to pray for the immigration policies that we're looking at, to pray about Trump, to pray about Hurricane, you know, these areas that are getting hurt in the, in the nation. And it gave us both pause. We weren't expecting that. It wasn't our plan today to talk about this, but it was, it was really interesting um, when we were brought in by the station manager to talk about, Perhaps um, Pastor Boylan, my dad, my co-host here today, praying, having a time every day to pray on the radio and being part of this 190 station community prayer. And so what has what that has dovetailed with is with is is our topic, but but in a different way, because now we're talking about some of the instances where God really showed his hand in my dad, Pastor Boylan's life early on um, that gave him some of those strengths later on to know that, that how he works. And one of those examples in the story that you told in the first half hour about this prayer that you prayed in Ipswich when you had just become a Christian, after you had come out of the army, before you went to college, before you had read anything, before you really knew much, but you knew that you were on fire for the Lord and you wanted to learn more. And and for me, that's always been a really interesting time period in your life when we've talked about your life, you know, as we look at narrative and how, what, where, where our stories come from. And, uh, and, and this story on town Hill of you praying and you ended up praying a prayer that was written by a man 200 years before that you didn't know existed named Jonathan Edwards. And then you read that prayer back in a book. And let's go back, right back to that, what you were talking about with that. Well, think about uh, what we're doing on signposts. We end every minute. If, you've, if you uh, have heard us during the week, uh, I give a one-minute spot every day and end with, I'm Pastor William Boylan. This is an American signpost. Mm. Now, Jesus is really the signpost. The Bible can't be more clear. Lift him up. Let him be seen. Look to him. Look to me, all ye. You know, uh, this This is really talking about Jesus as a sign God sent into the world or planted in the world so we can find our way. Mm. He is the way. And he says, if you want to go, go the right way, follow me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and And how do you follow him? You have to be able to see him. You have to have, and he becomes in that sense, a sign of where to go and how to go. And we've named our broadcast signpost for a reason, because our fundamental purpose is to lift him up. 
if you lift me up, he said, I will draw all men to myself. So we're hopeful that by, by being an instrument in the Lord's hand and lifting him up, we'll be uh, an agent of uh, mercy and glory to him and mercy to people in their lives. So just to, so, but why I say that is because go, let's go back to that prayer in Town Hill. Uh, without my realizing what I was doing, I just thought I was praying something commonsensical. If you have a great, uh, well, think about it, uh, Andrew. Think about it, you know, if you go to a restaurant, you really have a good meal and you have a lot. Don't you recommend it? Absolutely. Yeah, talk a lot about it. Absolutely. Yeah. If you go to uh, if you go to a, sh a movie and you and you're taken by it, you say, "Oh, have you seen that movie? It's a great film." Yes, uh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, we we tend to talk about the things that excite us. Absolutely. And, yep. Yeah. And uh, and so it. it uh, it's true in in terms of the faith. It's ter in terms of our walk with the Lord. You you want to share that. You want other people to know. It's just it's to me. Uh, it was coming at me out of the blue, I guess out of heaven, and that's blue blue sky window. I don't want to be too funny about this, but anyway, uh, no. But it, but it came to me from nowhere. As far as I was concerned, I was not searching for God. I was one of those who, uh, as among those who uh, do not search for God, doesn't the Bible say no one searches for God? In fact, no one finds God until God first finds him or her. Mm. Uh, that's just a fact. Well, that was me. That was for sure. But now he found me, and I was so thrilled to have been found. And it, my life was changing, and uh, and here I am, as I just uh, said in the last half hour, a uh, young Christian, six months old in the faith, and I'm on Town Hill, and I prayed for America fundamentally. Mm. Now, I find that very interesting because America is presently in a lot of trouble. Mm. We, we are a divided house. And, uh, uh, and G think of what Jesus did not say. Jesus did not say, a house divided against itself might not stand. No. He said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Mm -hmm. Those are very powerful words. They are. Especially in a day and age like ours and in a moment like ours when America is pretty deeply divided. Pretty deeply divided. So one of the motives for us being on the air, I know we've shared this, Andrew, is uh, to to not to glorify America or to say America is the greatest nation it ever was or that America is nothing like that. That but but America seems to, if you read its history close, seems to be a country where God has chosen to manifest a lot of his goodness. Mm. It's not our credit. It's God's credit. Uh, there, in us, there's nothing good dwelling. The Bible tells me that. I believe it. Uh, but God is alone is good. Mm -hmm. And so there's been plenty of good. I mean, we just went through that terrible, terrible tragedy down Houston when Harvey hit. Yep. And this country just rallied. Absolutely. Yeah, right? no, it's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was watching the golf from down here at Norton, and they were just rehearsing at one point the millions of dollars that the golfers alone were trying to put together to send to Houston. No, it's true. I mean, it, it's, it is amazing when you, you just walk down the street and you can't miss, like, if anything happens, the country rallies for its own immediately. I mean, I was in Staples 
returning some back to school things for my kids that I didn't need. And we bought some extra stuff. And at the front, you know, I mean, this is a day after the tragedy strikes and people are floating in their homes and there are these horrible pictures, you know, that just that, that just break your heart of people in nursing homes up to their waist in wheelchairs and water. And it's just the sights are just I mean, they're unfathomable. I mean, I've never been through something like that. And I can't I can't imagine what it's like and 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 something my heart and everything else goes out to it but but it was profound to me as you were saying that it made me think it's true we move so quickly whenever we we really do stand behind each other you know when even no matter how divided we are when you you know when a day later you can you know walk into just any store and there's a sign up already you know of like you know of where of how to care for and how to take care of your own. You know, we are our own, you know, Texas and Massachusetts and California and Nebraska and Montana. And, you know, we are all Americans. And and we when something happens, we we stand behind each other and protect each other. And 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 you're right. I mean, you kind of hit something profound in that in that in that. And there's this undercurrent throughout all of American history of that, you know, whatever it is, that is. Uh, it's an undeniable thing that we do. And, you know, when you think about it, Andrew, it's not even that alone. There was a tsunami. I, I lose track of time, but probably 10 years ago, and it was uh, uh, over in uh, Southeast Asia. Mm. And as I understand it, the Southeast Asian nations did not particularly rally to help. Mm-hmm. And uh, President Bush, so it was back in his era, the younger President Bush sent warships in there. Now, mm. ironically, and this shows you where you can go and the danger of where you can go when you are a divided country and all you can think about is political terms and and you almost treat the people in the other political party as if they're enemies of the state. <laughs> right. No, it's true. Right. And it's been happening oh, for a long time. Tragic. It is. It's, it's yeah. a shame. That, that was the very idea that kept us free <laughs> was that we could balance the powers mm. and not let one power go to... Right. Absolutely. I mean, no, it's true. And now we we can the the power of free speech and the ability for people to have their own opinions and not be imprisoned for them or become like other nations where they want to hide it. Absolutely. You know, or, or, you know, or where they own the airwaves and we, you know, we can say whatever we want right now. I can we can, you know, and we choose that we have a point of view and we're going to stick to that point of view. We're not going to just arbitrarily throw out nonsense. But. But technically, we could, and the, and we are protected to do that, and um, and that's uh, you know, it's an amazing thing. It is amazing, and it really uh, depends on caring and loving each other, uh, and allowing for this difference of opinion or dispute or whatever it is to be what it is without hating the person who's going that way or holding that point of view, mm. but. I find, when I think back to that tsunami, that really hit me because I think it was because I heard somebody on the radio suggest that the reason the president was sending warships into the into the uh, Indian Ocean, I think that's where it was happening, uh, it was because he was taking advantage of their troubles to get the military in there. And I thought, you have not been reading the papers or you have not been listening. President Bush was not deciding that this would be a good time for America to become an aggressor nation and take over that part of the world. 
he knew that on our warships were hospital and there were cafeterias. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to get those ships in there so that the people who had been swamped by that tidal wave could find some way to survive. Right. Now, when you talk about loving each other as a country and coming together, that's one thing. But when you're talking about people halfway around the world you've never met, and we still do the same kind of thing. Absolutely. It, it tells you that there's more than meets the eye uh, mm-hmm. about this American scene. Right. And since we are a fallen nation and we are comprised of sinners, as I say, either forgiven or unforgiven, and yet these are good things that are done when when we care about people in trouble and we don't know them and we don't benefit by them and we're not gaining anything we just care it's it's a glaring sign that god is active in a remarkable way among us as a people and since not everybody by any means who wants to help and does help is a full-fledged christian it tells me that what is happening is God's common grace Mm. is active in our nation. In other words, God is being gracious through people that don't know him, don't care about him, maybe could even hate him. But he's still using the nation to do good. And according to Jesus, God alone is good. So it must be him because in us there is no good thing dwelling. Mm. Those are two statements that put, I think, history into perspective, far less what we're talking about right now. Yeah. But we've been talking about prayer, Andrew, and uh, uh, and as I come back to that moment on Town Hill, let me pick up another aspect of it in the light, and I think that's why I got onto that uh, tangent of sorts, but why I picked up on America, because I assume, I presume, I believe, that the reason God put those words in my mouth when I didn't know he was doing it, and I was only thinking about something wonderful in my life I wanted for everybody, but he did more than that. He was giving me words to pray for the nation. Mm. That tells me that he wants to do something for the nation. Absolutely. No, I, absolutely. Right? So, So I have looked at the American scene with maybe different eyes than others do. I... Uh, looked at our country, and I was a history major in school, so uh, it wasn't mysterious that I would be taught and then pursue on my own an understanding of the fact that the fact that great spiritual awakenings were really uh, let me turn that sentence around. Great spiritual awakenings preceded most of the things that happened in the country that we applaud. Mm. We, uh, I think we applaud, because we celebrate Thanksgiving, the coming of the pilgrims. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came here, and uh, uh, we looked to them, the way they lived, what they believed, and there's a certain, and, and, and you know, they were willing uh, to live with the Native Americans, and the Native Americans found the pilgrims someone they could live with. Now, it didn't last forever, and things don't. But at the time, they had a great feast. And so we have our feast at Thanksgiving, and we we really look back to them at the same time. Mm. Uh, then there were, there were other uh, moments when you could say light burst out of the experiences that our planters had. Uh, well, Whatever was good, even in those days, came from a great spiritual awakening at the uh, at the time that 
the first Elizabeth was the Queen of England, mm-hmm. Elizabeth I. And, and there was a spiritual awakening at Cambridge University in England. Mm-hmm. And people like our first governor, John Winthrop, yep. and uh, many others studied there. And they took that new life they really were given at Cambridge through that spiritual awakening, and they brought it with them into America. Mm. And I, I take that seriously that, uh, again, the good came from what God was doing in these people's lives, not that they were a special breed of people or that they uh, uh, were expert in ways other people are not. No, God was active in their life, and uh, a country's roots were laid or planted because all of these towns that we live in were originally called plantations. You've mentioned the fact that I'm from Ipswich originally, uh, and uh, that was the plantation at Agawam. Mm. Uh, and then it became Ipswich, and there was right. Plymouth Plantation that people still visit. Right. They were planters, but they weren't planting corn. They were planting Christ. Right. And it, and it grew up a very interesting, in a way, special nation. Mm-hmm. But it didn't last. Uh, it did not last. And they had to reawaken and when they did, the reawakening brought the colonies together, and they revolted and created a country, the United mm-hmm. States of America. And it happened again, and it happened again. Uh, it happened in the early 1800s, and out of it came uh, the F- Emancipation Proclamation, arguably, came from uh, those who really were in churches and heard the word and thought that no human being ought to be kept in bondage. That's man stealing. Let's set these let's set our fellow Americans free. Mm. And we fought a war with ourselves to do it. And uh, so why do I say that? Because why did God I'm asking a question. Why did God put that prayer in my mouth on Town Hill? Right. If he didn't want it to happen again. Exactly. Yeah. So I I'm not in a sense, flying blind and and have a naive view of our country, I say to myself and to anybody that wants to really listen to me, hey, God put those words in my mouth. He must have wanted to hear them. Right. <laughs> and if he wanted to hear them, he must have wanted to do them <laughs> because every word of God proved true. Right. Now, I don't want those words to be added to the Bible, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that's not what I'm saying. And I don't want anybody to go away thinking I think that my words should belong in Holy Scripture. Right. I'm simply saying that I didn't know what I was praying. God knew. And a lot of other things I've prayed since then have come true. So I'm still waiting for this one. Right. And maybe we're in that era where it's going to happen. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that it is... And and that is in a lot of ways what we had, you know, we're we're planning to talk about today, and and where where some of this stuff does kind of come together and dovetail, um, is with the prayers that you did pray. As you know, that early prayer was very influential in probably in many different aspects of your of your ministry. You know, and and it is a startling thing to pray words that you've never read or seen or knew where they came from, and and you know that's an inarguable sign of where where your ministry was going or how God was going to communicate with you. But then there were, then there was this miraculous season. I know we'll talk about it much more next week, but but as we sort of come to close of our half hour. I thought, you know, we could touch on a little bit about, you know, where, you know, how you, or really into 
continue with this this theme of prayer corporate prayer prayer within the radio says you look at if you're you know you want to you know be a part of this prayer um chain that they're going to do here at Salem Media you know what are some of the things that you've seen that prayer can do well sometimes they uh, answer very spectacularly in other words you can see them We've said a number of times, you know, be led into ministry or being in the ministry. Well, the truth is that when I became a Christian, and even when I went to a Christian college at the beginning, I really didn't have a sense of being called to the ministry. Mm. Now, I did have some friends, and particularly a mentor who was urging me to think about it. And for whatever reason, maybe again, the Lord might have put it in that person's mind, said, you know, you ought to think about the ministry. And I thought, well, if you were... If you were to ask me about the candidate person least likely to be a candidate for Christian ministry, I would put myself forward. <laughs> I, I don't see myself as a minister. and uh, But then there was this inkling in me, well, maybe it's true. And then, as I said, in the, I think in the last half hour, uh, my major was history and my minor was government. And I had a professor urging me to go into government service of some kind he says we need we need more christians in leadership mm. and i thought well maybe i should go for a graduate degree maybe i should enroll at bu or somewhere for a political science degree on mm. the graduate level i was thinking along those lines but i wasn't sure i i really wanted and i really did i really wanted to know what god had planned for my life show me the lord and i want to do your will i i really have read the Bible now certainly a number of times, and I certainly believe that unless I'm doing your will, I'm not going to be happy. And I mm. want to be happy, therefore I want to do your will. So it was it was October, I believe, if I may remember right, of 1965, and I was entering my senior year. And I had to make up my mind. If I was going to go to graduate school, I had to enroll. I had mm. to apply at least. And uh, I was debating whether to apply to the Gordon Divinity School, which trained ministers, or to one of the universities or colleges that trained or at least educated people in political science. Mm. And I didn't know. I honestly didn't know. And there was a big pond out back of the student center where I was. And after lunch one afternoon, I started to walk around that pond, and I prayed all the way around. Uh, it wasn't a formal prayer. It just was me and the Lord talking about me. Uh, at least I was raising myself as a subject, but it interest, what interested me is what do you plan for me? I'd like to know because I'd like to do it. And the Lord knew my heart. He knew it wasn't just talk. He knew it was true. I really did want to do it. And I got all the way around the pond, and I was just about back to the uh, student union. And I stopped, and I closed my eyes, because I had been praying as I walked with my eyes open. I didn't want to walk into the pond. Uh, but uh, I stopped, and I prayed. And I said, Lord, you have to show me, because I really don't know. And when I opened my eyes, I was standing on a crown of thorns. Mm. And it was one foot on one side and one on the other. It was not a vision. It was not supernatural. They were. I picked it up. I carried it around. I wish I'd have kept it, by the way. But I carried it around that day, mm -hmm. and I said, I guess I don't need to be hit with a two-by-four between the eyes. <laughs> I get the point. But it wasn't that interesting. Yes. I asked for something specific. I wasn't asking for a crown of thorns, by the way. But I wanted something to show me. And I guess the Lord said, well, given you and what, you know, you really need to be, uh, you really need to 
you know, have something more than milk because you would need to be clear. So I'll give you something. Here's a crown of thorns. And that's uh, what, what was that really made my decision. I, I say I had an inkling toward it. I wasn't against it. I wasn't fighting it. But to make the decision and take the step and go in and roll, I was I was really uh, on the fence. Yeah. And, and God a answered a prayer that specifically. Yeah, no, that's I, I, yeah, that's a that's a great story. That's a great story to end on. As we come, as always, it flies by, but it's a, really a, you know, a great a great testament to God's the way God can work sometimes, and and how He answers and how He answers prayer. It's not always quite so direct and and quick, but but that is another you know powerful example. But as we as this hour cl- comes to a close, I want to thank people for joining us. I want to remind you to take just a moment, if you have a moment, to uh, go to PastorBoylan.com. If you have a story about prayer, if you have an experience that you've had um, in your life where God has spoken to you um, or where you've prayed and you've seen him work in your life in some way, um, come to PastorBoylan.com and write about it. Write to us. Tell us about it. We'd love to hear about it. We're going to be praying um, about the future of Signpost Ministries. We have been actively praying about it, and, and we're going to continue to as new developments happen daily. And this is this this corporate prayer here at Salem Media is one of those things, but there are others. And, and so we're always, we'd love to hear other stories of people who um, have experienced things. And I, I do want to um, just take a moment at the end to um, remind anybody who's got young people who'd like to read that on September 23rd, I'll be at the Barnes and Nobles in Millbury, Mass, outside of Worcester, with five young adult writers who um, will be talking about their road to publication and young adult writing and books. And it'll be an entire day sort of dedicated to teen reading week. And they'll be giving away prizes and hosting um, trivia games and different different fun activities for kids. So if you're looking for something to do on a Saturday afternoon on the 23rd, starts at one o'clock at the Barnes and Nobles in Millbury. And I'll be there hosting a, uh, the panel that'll be kicking the day off and kicking off the events. So come on out and say, hi. Um, I'd love to meet more people who uh, listen to the show and on behalf of me and my dad and for you, thank you for joining us. Goodbye. And, uh, don't forget to bring everything to the Lord in prayer. He answers prayer. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.